0: The electronic, the electronic Intifada. intifada. intifada, the electronic, the intifada. electronic Intifada. This is the Electronic Intifada Podcast. In Oakland, I'm Nora Barrows Friedman with the Electronic Intifada Podcast. We now turn to Gaza. Israel and Egypt maintain a tight blockade against the basic needs of 1.7 million Palestinians inside the Gaza Strip. During last summer's attacks, which killed more than 2,200 Palestinian women, men, and children, and injured thousands more, Israel destroyed or damaged much of the infrastructure. Because of an ongoing fuel crisis, a result of the Israel-led blockade, electricity remains intermittent, affecting homes, schools, businesses, clinics, and hospitals. Working to address the need for electricity specifically in the healthcare field, a team of Canada-based physicians has paired up with four major hospitals in the Gaza Strip to install solar panels and provide reliable energy 24 hours a day to emergency rooms, intensive care units, and operating theaters. The physicians say that with a lack of reliable electricity, patients in need of medical care are made vulnerable and are put at risk. I recently spoke to Dr. Tarek Lubani about this project called Empower Gaza. The Electronic Intifada's audience may remember that in the summer of 2013, Lubani and filmmaker John Grayson were en route to Gaza when they were arrested and imprisoned in Cairo for 50 days. Lubani has traveled back and forth to Gaza several times since he was let out of Egyptian prison to continue his work with Palestinian doctors and health workers, as he has done for years. He recently joined us from Aman Jordan. Tarek, thank you so much for being with us again on the Electronic Intifada podcast.
1: And thank you so much for having me, Nora.
0: So you've worked with physicians in Gaza for years and years now, inside the hospitals, trauma wards, and clinics, and now you're working on top of the hospitals, uh, helping to install solar panels. Tell us about the Empower Gaza project and why you've jumped on board.
1: This is an important project, Nora, that tries to answer one of the key concerns that I, as a physician, working in Ashifa Hospital's emergency department and other physicians' with me experience. The problem is that electricity is unreliable, it cuts out for very long periods of time, and it cuts out unpredictably. That means that not only do we suffer when the electricity is out, but we start behaving differently as doctors all the time because we don't know when the electricity will cut. So, for example, you rush through procedures because you don't want to be kind of caught flat-footed when the lights go out. So, this project aims to put solar power on these four hospitals and to do so so that we can cover the most important needs of each hospital. That is the intensive care unit, one operating room, the emergency room, and a few dialysis units in in the hospitals that have dialysis.
0: And uh, why did the Empower Gaza project pick these four hospitals out of uh, the many hospitals and clinics in Gaza? How were those needs addressed?
1: Well, it was actually the Palestinian uh, healthcare workers and policymakers who selected these hospitals. We sat down with the engineering department and did a, a needs assessment that just sort of looked at who needed the most uh, power, who had intensive care units, who had dialysis units, obviously, who had operating rooms, but that's less discriminating. And then we made a list. For example, we, we wanted to do Runtisi. It's a children's hospital with a neonatal intensive care unit. But their construction situation didn't allow it until a little bit towards the end of the project. So we left it at the end of the rotation. Uh, ultimately, what we want to do is we want to cover all of the public hospitals, all of the hospitals where patients are free to come and receive care uh, as part of the, the health care system. And we hope that we will cover them. But we started with the ones with the highest needs spread out throughout the Gaza Strip. So we cover the north, the south, the middle. And uh, the the idea is that at the end we'll get them covered and then go on to cover all other hospitals.
0: Tell us about um, the installation process here. How much money do these solar panels cost to install and maintain? And since Israel blocks most construction and industrial materials from entering What happens if the solar panels need repairs?
1: These are all excellent questions and ones that we've been working really hard to figure out. We want this project to succeed. We're not interested in raising money so that we throw it away. And we're not interested also in installing a power system that's no good in a year or two. What we've done is we've worked with the UNDP, the United Nations Development Program, the Ministry of Health Engineering Department, and the hospitals themselves. And we've picked not always the cheapest, as um, unfortunately these things can run expensive, but what we think is the the most long-lasting. So wherever we had the option between batteries that lasted three years and batteries that lasted five years, for example, we picked the five-year batteries. Also, as a group in terms of the financing, we've decided to commit not just to the initial installation. We're all here for a long time. Look, I've been working on Palestine now for almost 15 years. I'll be working on it for another 50. So long as there are problems, we'll be, I'll be there, and so will the rest of the people. So we're, we're really interested in systems that last. Uh, in the case of cost, it'll be about $200,000. That'll cover the solar panels, the inverters, the structures to put the panels on, rooms to hold things, and all of the other parts that, that go into it.
0: Tell us about how people can learn more and get involved in Empower Gaza.
1: We're fundraising right now the $200,000 through a crowdfunding campaign that's on Indiegogo. The website is empowergaza.org. So that's empowergaza.org. And people can go there to donate. Right now, we've dealt with almost all of the big problems that, that a project like this has. How are we going to get the equipment in? How are we going to maintain it? Who's going to do that? These are problems that have been answered, not just by us, but by other people who've done other projects that are very similar. So now all that's really left is the funding, and that's where we need people's help.
0: Well, Tarek, finally, last time you were on the podcast in November 2013, um, you talked about critical medicines in Gaza hospitals being at 30% of the needed supply during your last stay in Gaza, were you able to assess the supply of basic medicines and medical equipment uh, a year and a half later as the blockade continues and, uh, and 10 months after the brutality Israel uh, inflicted on Gaza last summer?
1: I exited uh, yesterday from the Gaza Strip. So, you know, I, I'd like to think that my information is quite up to date on this. Things have only gotten worse. Immediately after the war, things got a little bit better because people were deeply interested. Well, here we are. We're coming towards a year after the war began last year. And people haven't forgotten. People really care very deeply about what's happening to Palestinians. But the, the ability to generate that kind of instant inflow of medications and the ability to get them in. I mean, the Israelis are not feeling the heat right now like they were before. And so the medications are not getting in. The medications that that can get in it's it's hard to actually find the money for them this is a a disaster and it's a catastrophe things are worse everything is worse right now things are not getting better things have not been reconstructed um the the workforce is decimated by the lack of salaries people have to exit the workforce uh, doctors and nurses so that they can make money so that their families can survive um I, I'm really sorry to say because, you know, we always I always try to imagine this progress and it's uh, disheartening and devastating, but things have gone backwards. The one upside, as it were, of that is that almost anything will move things forward now. So if people are interested in getting involved with the medications or we've actually started work on some other projects, uh, locally manufacturing medical devices and so on. We we understand pe- the doctors who are working in the Gaza Strip and the Palestinians there. Everybody understands that the solutions really have to be indigenous. There, um, we can't wait for the Israelis, you know, to feel a change of heart and start allowing supplies in.
0: Dr. Tarek Lubani, uh, you're a Canadian Palestinian physician. You've been working in Gaza. Uh, Tarek, thank you so much for being with us again on the Electronic Intifada podcast.
1: And thank you so much for having me, Nora. Always a pleasure.
0: And that's it for the Electronic Intifada podcast. For news, information, cultural features and reviews, and pointed opinion and analysis, visit us online at electronicintifada.net. You can also post comments and sign up for our daily email digest. Follow us on Twitter at Intifada. Radio stations are free to use this podcast. And on behalf of all of us at the Electronic Intifada, thank you for listening.